0: Really, investing in these ETFs, you're empowering this flywheel to suppress
1: the price. They now have to keep printing, or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live From the Vault. All right, welcome to Live From the Vault. My name is Shane Moran, and I'll be your host for this episode. And we are fired up and excited, and from the entire live from the vault team worldwide. We thank you for your continued support and as you can imagine uh, the community keeps on growing and growing. We're excited about that. There's a lot to talk about during these historic times and Andrew McGuire is in the house with some breaking news and some bombshell news would be a better way to put it and we'll be going to Talking Gold in a second here. Again we have another awesome episode and uh You're not going to want to miss this, and this is kind of information that you're not going to get anywhere else, only here on Live from the Vault. But just before we go over to Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire, please keep sparing the word about this channel by hitting that like button, uh, sharing, uh, smash that subscribe button, and then if you want to be notified in real time as these episodes go live... Uh, then just hit the little bell there. Alright, do it now. It really helps the channel and helps get the word out about what's happening here in the physical gold and silver markets. So with that, let's head over to the UK and talking gold with the one and only Andrew Maguire. Now Andrew, first things first, as usual, We normally start with a review of gold and silver and what's happening, but let's start off by talking about what's happening so far this year, what you see happening in the first quarter of 2022.
0: Yeah, Shane, it's always a great place to start. It does answer a lot of questions. I know that's what the kind of questions we we see really quite prevalent. Uh, So really, you know, picking up the thread um, with BIS OPEX, if you remember, we still have that to go through last time, non-farm payrolls, we still had to go through that. Uh, So with them dusted last week, it's time really to look at what to expect during February trading and, of course, this quarter. And let's start by making sense of uh, the action really since our last episode, which was recorded on the 25th of January, Then we have some very important information uh, that we discern from a contact at a Basel III compliant first tier bank. I think you're going to find that pretty mind blowing because as long as we've had a lot of empirical evidence about these guys getting along, but this is the first time we've actually got something that we can talk about. So really, to answer the question, short term, I mean, really, netted out following, what, five weeks? We're in our sixth week now, but five full weeks of 2022 action in both gold and silver. And of course, we look at the futures market because they're pretty much what's driving the action. Uh, As of last Friday's, um, after non-farm payrolls action last Friday, which was, of course, the big surprise that no one expected, and in, but importantly, from a technical perspective, the paper-driven technicals at the end of last week evidenced both a monthly and weekly gains. Now, while the, te- the daily technicals began to evidence oversold pa- paper market conditions, so so in other words, we're seeing one actually coming into the other. So that's pretty good. That's, that's, we're particularly seeing that in silver. So let's start from a paper market perspective technically conditions have significantly improved however as our subscribers know at all times our focus and this is where where we really focus on this has been on the unleveraged physical versus leveraged paper market divergences which have consistently all the way through 2022 uh, through the entire uh, five weeks now six weeks evidenced deep backwardations in gold futures to spot i.e Gold futures uh, are actually trading at a discount to spot. And even before February futures rolled off the board, we saw April futures, which is far out um, prices. We saw those actually dip below the cash market into every paper market dip below 1800 What does that tell us? The degree of embedded paper to physical market divergences is just really should not be occurring. So obviously, this is telling us, sending us a message. I mean, these very actionable exchange for physical divergences. And obviously, we've, we've been through this multiple times. But essentially, all that is, is the ability to exchange a futures contract for a deliverable and an undeliverable futures contract for a deliverable spot contract. Uh, and these divergences are the result of really the lead by the nose Comex speculators. And what they're doing is chasing that dot on a screen, uh, lower in this case, uh, not just being rinsed of borrowed wrong footed long bets, but then also fooled into adding naked short bets while completely blinkered to the uh, underlying strength in the physical markets outside of this casino bubble. And the deliberately delayed COT report that we see published, and a lot of people read it and really spend a lot of time looking at it in the detail, but it only captures a fraction of just how wrong-footed, led by the nose, speculators have become. Uh, even after many years of, I mean, it, legitimate hedging aside, this, this this always amazes me. It blows my uh, really, it blows our collective minds how much borrowed money that speculators bet naked long or short against the rigged insider-run casino, especially when these corralled speculators have zero visibility into the underlying fundamentals that ultimately determine how their long or short bet is going to turn out. And while long or short COMEX positions are reportable, What is deliberately missing in the much larger unreported over-the-counter Loco London legs of these positions that are reported is is this divergence. Now, given the -the over-the-counter positions are increasingly Basel III compliant, our attention is drawn to the
1: directly related exchange, the exchange traded funds. Andrew, of course. And last episode, you took a deep dive into the EFTs and what you called the flywheels, and it drew a lot of attention. Can you just take uh, a moment here and and, kind of go a little bit deeper into this EFT topic?
0: Yeah, Shane, this should be our focus as really Basel III NSFRs, that's the net stable funding ratios, Uh, how that how those impact the deliverable spot markets. Now, it is the exchange traded funds that are the problem. And it's important that we understand this because we've got to get this information out to everybody else. And this is because the CME and the CFTC market regulators still allow the exchangeability of a long undeliverable futures position with an equivalent GLD or SLV ETF positions. So, GLD being the gold ETF and SLV, of course, being the silver ETF. But what is not really factored in is that the spot gold or silver long positions that are exchanged for physical through this process, despite being called physical, are not yet converted to physical as they enter this EFP conduit. And at the point of exchange, this COMEX to spot conversion commences with a gold or silver FX credit position, which does not involve taking physical out of the market. So initially, no. So therefore, inflows or outflows in or out of these directly related COMEX exchange uh, traded funds do not discover a fair price. In fact, the opposite is true. They actually dilute the price. Now, this is where This is so important. This is where the Basel III net stable funding ratio EFP, physical to paper market pivot occurs. This is an important pivot. It would never been historically there before. Any real bullion demand flowing into a compliant trading bank must be backed up by physical and directly affects the wholesale uh, supply demand pricing equation, okay? The more you buy, the more the, the price goes up, obviously. However, the bulk of these exchange for physical uh, transactions are really destined for the non-compliant exchange traded fund flywheel uh, and and if you remember following the implementation of uh, the implementation of the net stable funding metrics the eternally rolled forward 13 day unreported uh, to the over, to the OCC derivative rollover window uh, is beginning to close so really that draws our focus to The smoke and mirrors world of the ETFs. And because the ETF is on and off ramps, take the form of unallocated gold and silver credit positions, they are not yet backed by physical as they enter. And the perfect example of that this is the case was provided by the footprints in the very hard to disguise silver market where wholesale supply and demand inputs are extremely transparent that anyone involved in the silver market from a wholesale market per- perspective knows exactly who's got what and who's who's moving what there's no there's no there's there's it is absolutely crystal clear but as was admitted by blackrock in february 2000, uh, 2000 and uh, 2021 when in, in, Instead of going to the market and backing billions of ounces of inflowing SLV orders with bullion and thereby discovering a real supply-demand price, they chose to suspend and restrict the issuance of baskets of shares, which was their words. Now, this is such a blatant failure to deliver that you would think the regulators would be forced to investigate and shut them down until they got to the bottom of why these orders were not put into the market. Now... If they had called a force majeure, can you imagine the scramble by just-in-time manufacturers like Samsung, Apple, and these guys to secure Silverstock to maintain production capabilities? And this would, in turn, them doing that, would, in turn, have released the shark smelling blood in the water. I mean, you know, this position would be so blatantly obvious. But So, so while they sneakily defaulted, uh, to avoid a force majeure event. This admission telegraphed that BlackRock was actually allowing its insider authorised participants who create in, uh, these baskets of shares to ultimately bet against their investors. This is criminal behaviour. And just the same with GLD, with with the gold. It's, it, silver provided the perfect example. Um, but the smoke and mirrors world uh, ETF flywheel, it really... It, is harder to discern in, in gold because there is above ground supply. So it allows, so really what we're saying is this ETF flywheel, um, it allows a futures position to be exchanged for a physical position, but it's not physical. And as the COMEX position is exchanged for an unallocated spot gold contract, which until converted to physical at a premium, it's little more than unbacked gold credit positions. Now, there's nothing really to discuss here. Those SLV ETF inflows were real, and we know that, but they've been batted between the books of this incestuous authorised participants' little world, uh, which exists as swapped, loaned, long silver credit positions, and they remain unfulfilled until this day. Now, the much discussed Bank of America short silver position has been managed in this way, busy capping silver at around 23 bucks for the longest time. And people are puzzled. Well, hang on a minute. Given the extreme shortages for bullion outside the malfeasant SETF flywheel and with ongoing Omicron related supply constraints evident in Europe and Switzerland, This SLV gig is going to blow to the upside, driven by physical demand and tight supply outside of this ETF. Now This is where it gets really interesting. Uh, As you say, in our last episode, we spent a little time focusing on the ETF flywheels and and how these are the only remaining sources of really spinning this paper game out a little longer into an increasingly um, Basel III compliant gold market. In fact, it is the only flywheel left to sidestep these NSFR rules. Now what's becoming clear though is that outside of the ETF flywheels liquidity providers are reluctant to provide over-the-counter spot for FX market liquidity on positions they cannot back up with physical if called a for delivery. and This seriously eats into the virtually limitless volume of long unbacked over-the-counter paper positions that liquidity providers were really historically able to hedge with offsetting comex shorts so that's of course paper hedging paper enabled massive position concentrations to really rig prices at will so the message is loud and clear unless you are a professional trader or you legitimately employ the futures market as a hedging tool by investing in comex futures or GLD or SLV ETFs. What you're doing is really investing in these ETFs. You're empowering this
1: flywheel to suppress the price. And Andrew, of course, we need to keep this message right at the top of the list and do not borrow from the casinos to invest in the paper and gold or silver markets. They're not the same. We're talking physical and I hope you can expand on on this topic about physical versus paper. Yeah, Shane, sage advice mate, uh,
0: investments in paper, gold or silver dilute real supply demand fundamentals. It's that simple. Unfortunately, a lot of institutional GLD or SLD uh, participants uh, which, who are legitimately seeking exposure to gold and silver, they're forced to use these instruments as it's not in their mandate to own physical gold or silver. They need to buy shares in these instruments, which is how they exist. However, There are other legitimate ETFs that are physically backed, which can accommodate these kind of funds. And we're doing our best to draw attention to these physically backed alternatives. Now, obviously, direct ownership of physical bullion, uh, it's secured in segregated storage outside the banking system, assists in removing bullion out of the hands of this small cabal of colluding bankers and assists the real price discovery process As more and more spot gold and silver positions are backed by physical for delivery and a true real uh, physical price will emerge from those dynamics. The powers in our hands, whether we collectively buy ounces or tons or
1: kinesis, we are the solution here. Andrew, just before we started recording today's session, you revealed what I can only describe, and I said it earlier, as a bombshell information that has not been revealed anywhere else. Uh, This is big news, and can you please share with our subscribers, with our entire community, uh, what you'd mentioned?
0: Yeah, and I think this is where I can spill the beans on a very important development, which is undoubtedly related to the implementation of Basel III NSFRs and those doubters out there. And I do understand because you think that why is the price not uh, not uh, rocketing up at this point? And we've obviously given reasons for that because there's still a speculative market out there that you can gain. But on Monday night, after a very large client approached me to assist in converting a very large in uh, spot index gold position i.e they bought a lot of XAU FX gold locked in the price and they did that particularly in the last two weeks uh, and and obviously they wanted to convert those in spot index positions into a, into physical really at the smallest premium possible into an already trapped out uh, you know refiner quotas being uh, they already they've already filled their refiner quotas to the to the limit. Now, obviously, the larger size uh, that you order, the larger the premium. Now, obviously, you know, this forced a, us, me, to, me to tap into the first-tier banks, and it resulted in a call with my client with a long-time contact at a very well-known first-tier bank. Uh, who, until the deal's completed, <laughs> obviously, I'm going to remain nameless. I will go public with this, but but right now, the deal is still being secured. Now, during this conversation, though, this is the point. The client and I discussed, well, okay, how's Basel three net stable funding ratios, how it was impacting their business, their balance sheet, et etc. et cetera. And we were informed that that this first-tier bank had just finished unloading all their remaining unallocated gold contracts. Now we empirically sensed this was going on. We could see by the footprints, but confirmed that they just done this, and, and literally we're talking about in, into the end of last week, or even as as as, as recently as Monday. Um, uh, and now they are a hundred percent Basel uh, three compliant. And although this was made, <laughs> although this was made clear. That this was off the record i have absolutely no reason to doubt this is true we've seen the footprints already now needless to say look we're digging <laughs> we're going to dig deeper into this revelation that if one major lbma market baker has capitulated it suggests the bis is clearing out unallocated risk and while not unexpected this is a significant bullish development and i will be Uh, I'll be going public on this, as I say, as soon as possible. Now, the bank, uh, this bank has a gold account with the Bank of England and is positioned to act as an agent for the BIS. But what this disclosure suggests is that this will at some point become mainstream and the BIS is gradually moving to position itself for higher gold prices. And that jives with absolutely everything we're seeing. And now we're even more certain this information is related to the active sovereign that we've been reporting over the last two weeks, taking advantage of specs auto-selling into these bearish crosses. Now, on the 2nd of February, even Bloomberg picked up this whale, as they put it, buying into the obligatory non-farm payrolls paper gaming. They were noticeably underpinning every single dip sub-1800 in the physical market, that was his. And as we discussed last time and and ended our episode with it, I remember, we thought the sovereign buyer that kept appearing was Russia and China centric. However, it now appears all central banks are competing to add safe haven physical to reserves. And we have expressed our view that the BIS, which is far more represents the interests of Europe than the US, are in the process of parting ways, certainly with the divergent views on gold. And, and we discussed this in, in one of our interviews with um, Daniel and Martina Booth. And, and, and I think we were in agreement that this, there, there is definitely something going on here. And it's really not that hard to understand. You know, re- Europeans are on a landmass that has Russia and China as neighbors. Now, recent geopolitical risks are being stoked, clearly by the US and the UK, but primarily by the US. And I hear a lot of feedback about such a split between
1: the U.S. and Europe is inevitable and being brought forward. Andrew, this sounds like a very positive development for the physical gold and silver markets. Can you tell us what you think we should expect in the very short term here?
0: Yeah, Shane. And and again, it's one step at a time. And as we know, the paper market unwind is a process and more immediately. In the meantime, this structurally bullish development, really that we just discussed, flies under the radar of the COMEX-centric specs, who, unlike the C, the, the, uh, the the commercial market makers, are blinkered to the effect of Basel III NSFRs and have, uh, on the long uh, and, and the, 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 obviously these these um, uh, these first-tier banks that are also managing uh, COMEX and over-the-counter positions, they know. That they're having to that anything that doesn't fly into an ETF, they have to back up uh, with physical to back up a conex short hedge. That's a big change. In other words, we have not just empirical evidence that these over-the-counter loans are increasingly physically delivered. It is necessary condition to protect actual banks and liquidity providers from, from, from being exposed to another March 2020 like EFP event. Uh, and for this to happen, the already divergent price, EFP price, must begin to align with real physical supply demand m- metrics. There's only so much that can go into, into the ETFs. And right now, the ETFs are the only paper flywheel keeping the, EF, the exchange for physical conduit balanced, well, balanced in inverted commas, into backward futures spot positions, meaning again, as, that the futures price is actually lower <laughs> than the spot price just when refineries are tight for supply. It, it, you have, one has to give one's head a shake to even to even question this. And as far as gold and silver are concerned, with sovereign buyers competing for one source of physical supply at a deeply undervalued price, there's a potential risk of another EFP blow up. And if the paper gold price does not rise from here into such tight physical demand conditions, and we again, we draw attention to it multiple times when this EFP starts to threaten another blow up. I mean, the last time this happened in March 2020, we cannot, let's not forget that the short covering scramble that ensued when COMEX went bid only, uh, it, it, it broke trend line resistances. It forced Delta hedge futures buying uh, short covering and it really set up a six hundred dollar rally. Uh, Driven by this inability to deliver physical bullion. That's why they are making sure that these over-the-counter positions that are not flowing into an ETF are backed. As we assessed in our January 25th episode, it was very short term. We expected some capping. And then during February and into the first quarter, we should evidence a physically driven rally commence in both gold and silver. Now, we're currently evidencing a coiling market ready to explode to the upside. Now, if the BIS was to overcook its price capping efforts into the end of the February over-the-counter OPEX expiry, they're going to run this ETF flywheel to a breaking point. And not to forget... While these exchange, the, the ETFs provide the ability to settle undeliverable COMEX positions run by the central banks, there are real global buyers, including Russia and China, who are going to scoop up what bypasses this flywheel or what it chucks out. In other words, spot prices
1: flowing into the, e, the EFP over-the-counter markets will be physically bought. And finally, Andrew, of course, my favorite topic, silver. Can you just touch on what's happening in the silver markets?
0: Shane, I know you can't contain yourself. Yeah, the word silver, the look of silver, I'm sure that you sh- it's shining in your face right now. <laughs> when, when, it's important. When you weigh this action, I mean, it, it is this to me, what's so interesting about silver, you can't hide the footprints. When you weigh this action up against a very tight, strong demand physical market, which, as we reported one month ago on the 10th of January, European and Swiss refinings were being forced to severely constrain gold supply due to this Omicron related worker shortage. And as we reported last time, European and Swiss silver refining over the last month ground to a complete halt. Obviously it's more effective. It's more uh, to employ your resources to more profitable to refine gold. Silver came to a halt. These constraints actually still exist. Uh, not that the price evidences yet. So in the midst of this shortage, of wholesale supply. In the last episode, we drew to the SLV ETF's uh, refusal to buy what turned out to be really two days. And it was, I think we, we reported on day one and it was 280 tons and then there was another 75 tons and it was over 350 tons of SLV inflows on the 24th and the 25th of January into such tight supply. Now, in current refiner staff conditions, Had the ETF fulfilled its obligation to back these unallocated silver inflows with physical, it would have driven spot silver bid only and spiked silver at a minimum into the mid to high 30s, actually, probably even higher. Now, the fact that silver price actually declined over $2.50 from the 24th of January to February the 3rd at 21.985 was the low, which was mind blowing because spot price never even did not breach the 22 level into an extreme shortage of physical supply and soaring refiner premiums it's an absolute farce and 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 it's really not gone unnoticed though every source to buy silver has been tapped into there's it's dry not even credit suisse has any wholesale silver bars for sale into this uh, supply tight supply even when offering to pay large premiums so comex centric specs are completely blinkered to underpinning supply-demand fundamentals. And, it t- and they took the bait and began mindlessly targeting the 22 round number. And as a result, momentum-driven specs were severely wrong-footed into localized non-farm payrolls gaming. Now, obviously they had the re- register rung on them directly afterwards. And as we just really discussed, commercials exposed to the physical market delivery obligations are hiding inside the SLV flywheel They're reeling in specs, one to one long against them. Well, and as I say, while March Silver Features features took out this targeted uh, spec long stops at the 22 round number, Uh, that was last Thursday, notably and no doubt missed by these blinkered casino players, spot uh, silver did not breach 22. It was jumped upon by massively by spot indexes locking in spot for future delivery with a product that is no longer available to supply. Now in the future, when students look back at how these markets were allowed to operate, they will see that the physical stackers were proved right. And the wrong footed blinkered led by the nose specs, busy capping into algo related bearish crosses, just just mindless algos, not just had a religious experience, but they were left on the sidelines. When, when silver and gold exploded. Now, silver is easier to read and unlike gold, which can, if necessary, be able to tap into central bank supply to, let's just say, manage short-term imbalances into price ascents, there is no such above ground physical silver to loan outside of the SLV flywheel. And what this is telling us is that every ounce of inflows into the ETFs are not backed by physical. And anyone who's using this investment vehicle is, is part of the problem. And this is why it's important to avoid empowering any of these malfeasant structures. Now, please make it known to everyone, you know, drop a line to the CFTC, copy in your clients and your brokers. These so-called investments in hedging ETFs vehicles do not represent or discover a real supply demand price. In fact, they are the tool to suppress price by never allocating the unallocated inflows and outflows. So, Shane, to answer these subscriber questions, bringing us up to date as of today, which is Wednesday the 9th, uh, our liquidity provider meetings last night strongly suggest that the PBOC has been an active buyer over the last two weeks, while the ban on Russian scrap gold that we reported in a prior episode has also served to tighten up available supply exacerbating European and Swiss omicon related gold refiner constraints. So immediate refiner constraints for refined gold have tightened up physical supply into central bank size safe haven physical demand and the paper to physical exchange for physicals operate at the margin and it only takes a small reduction of underlying physical supply into an increasingly Basel III compliant over-the-counter market to force long-standing OPEX bets to be short-covered or Delta Hedge forcing the price to rise. This is exactly the churn we're evidencing under the covers of the smoke and mirrors, Comex-centric paper market action. So last words on this. To sum it up, as Robert Kiyosaki repeated multiple times on our December Live from the Vault episode,
1: how much physical do you have? Now is the time. Well, there you have it, Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire. Remember, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. We're talking physical here on Life from the Vaults, And there you have it. That's all we have for you today. Another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. Please help us spread the word about this channel by hitting that like button, sharing, and make sure you subscribe. Again, if you want to be notified as these episodes go live, just hit that bell and we'll notify you every time an episode goes live. And with that, we'll see you next time on Live from the Vault. See you then.